This is the Splitting Hairs Podcast, brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. You know, I'm 99% sure that it's going to be Keaton Heidi that's lining up at quarterback for us. This is what happens when you all come together and you you set the standard for what can be done and you dream big. I need a little motivation to start feeling better. Now here are your hosts, Matt Tollefson and Kyle Sheehan. Welcome back to the Splitting Hairs podcast by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Matt and Kyle here with you today. Kyle, how how was the trip up for you? It was exciting, man. It was nerve-wracking getting up there, just not having seen the campus as a whole in a, since about 2013, about six years, and seeing all the change on top of having College Game Day present was really a surreal experience, a lot to take in, and uh, obviously... We didn't wake up on the good side with the W, but there's a lot of good to take away from that. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll touch on a lot of that, but just a lot of pride uh, that Blue and Yellow should have uh, for the turnout on the college green and the the experience as a whole. Uh, A lot of firsts took place and it was super exciting. What was your take on the whole ordeal? Oh, man. Uh, I, I first got really pumped up on Friday watching the college game day live. Uh, that was really cool. Just seeing those guys on a campus that I know. And then I was there at 5:30 AM on Saturday morning, uh, standing with the rest of the crazies out in the cold and, uh, just the whole atmosphere was just unbelievable. Uh, I'm so incredibly proud of SDSU students, uh, SDSU fans, the community members of Brookings, just for showing up. Um, it, it felt like kind of a like a music festival with the food trucks and all the people just walking all over. Um, it just was so cool to see those those people there and to see them featuring Brookings uh, and SDSU. And I know they'll never be back, but just to to see that on a national stage just still kind of blows my mind. As uh, as one of my geeky friends has told me, a Sith deals in absolutes, and I that, I guess that's a Star Wars reference, but I would never say never because I think we would all said oh, college game day will never be in Brookings prior to this, but uh, those who dream big like Justin Sell and in in the student body and a lot of the uh, athletic department, I think that they've proven us wrong there, and and I'll take it because that was a heck of an experience. Um, I think you can see what happens. Like you said, when you and I were talking previously, Keith Malum, I think, texted out or tweeted out, you know, this is what happens when you all come together and you you set the standard for what can be done and you dream big and you're visionaries, right? Like we talked about on the podcast last week, Ben and I, about Peggy Miller's uh, mm-hmm. vision and, you know, the athletic director, uh, you know, Fred Oyne and um, Justin Sell and what they've done to really up the ante and take it to the next level. I think that you know, it's a testament to the type of people that are in Brookings, uh, the grinders, the salt of the earth folks, and um, what they do for one another. I, I was talking to you about how Stig gave me 30 minutes of his time on Thursday when I came up, and it was just remarkable. That's the type of guy he is, just giving me the, the download on everything that's happened and transpired over the years. And it was just so much to take in on top of the experience as a whole. 
I got out there in college, uh, the college green on Friday, saw Pollock interviewing Coach Stig, and um, it was just absolutely surreal to, to take in the whole spectacle and to see all my former teammates and alum and alums and guys I'd never played with. It was an awesome experience to just get entrenched in, in the, the whole Jackrabbit, blue and yellow atmosphere, man. It was, it was one for the books, I'll tell you that. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, and speaking of Justin Sell, uh, he wants to be on our podcast, so we'll have to add him to the list of guests uh, that want yeah, to participate. Man, exactly, and, and like I was telling you before, it was awesome. I got to run into him, too, on Friday when I was just wandering around like a lost puppy uh, on a campus I hardly recognized, having <laughs> buildings that didn't exist anymore that I went to class in and, and stuff like that, but um Justin Sell was telling me how, you know, it's just awesome to see where the university's been. And it's a kudos to him because I think that someone was telling me he had the expectation that uh, that one day, you know, something like this was going to happen with all the work that was being put in. And, and uh, you know, athletic directors are, are tasked with moving the dial. And he's certainly done that across the basketball programs, you know, being sta- a staple with the women's program. Um, you know, Coach Nagy and Coach Otzelberger taking it up a notch as well and just becoming a known power across the region. It's an excellent job, like he was saying. Uh, he wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And it's a Big Ten backing with a mom and pop feel. And, and that, that really was evident to, on Saturday. So it would yeah. be great to have him, have him on and uh, hear him kind of, you know, slide right into talking about jackrabbit uh blue and yellow because he he bleeds it yeah he was a uh, fun fact here for you he was I, I was student body president his first year of being athletic director and so uh so i got to know him really well and we worked really closely on a number of things so uh always really appreciative of, of justin and everything he's done for sdsu up to this point yeah and he's super consistent just like coach stig what you see is what you get with him. And it was really cool for him to just make himself available for, for that time. Uh, for me, just like Stig, Stig did, it's on an ad lib, right? Like there's a million and one things going on, interview after interview, and he's hosting a bunch of people. So, you know, again, that's why I am 100% uh, sold on my decision uh, way back when, when I decided to get there. And, and that's just uh, the, the type of atmosphere and experience you're going to get at state and hopefully people realize that it's okay to be proud right like you were telling me earlier it's okay to be proud of being a jackrabbit I don't care how big this state is I don't care where where it has been in talking with some of my former teammates over the weekend it's like there are some guys that maybe they're bitter about this or about that but hopefully we can all kind of put put that to rest let bygones be bygones and because it's kind of silly if you don't have a 51 percent approval rating uh, at least at minimum uh, for your university that, that kind of helped shape you and, and uh, develop you into hopefully uh, what you are today. So yeah, that's just my little soapbox thing. But, but man, it was, it was such an experience. And, uh, you know, obviously we'll get into the details, but would have been nice to be at full strength uh, taking on a squad like that. Yeah. Yeah. That first drive and a half uh, on offense, Jabore, that offense looked fun. That was good. Uh, I was right on the sideline where uh, Cade caught that long pass, uh, and I, I thought it was going to be incomplete. I thought it was an overthrow, and I was hoping that it wasn't going to get intercepted. And somehow, Jabori perfectly landed it right in between the safety and cornerback. A beautiful throw. And at that point, uh, I thought for sure we were going to win. 
I was like, this is the day. We look great. Our offense is, is, is humming. Our defense is flying around the ball. This is going to be a W. We're bringing the marker back. So, uh, so right now, Kyle, I need, I need a little motivation to, to start feeling better. Um, I hope the team does not feel like me because I, I'm still struggling to pick myself up, and it's Tuesday evening. Yeah, the, import, the most important game is the next one, right? you got to play in the present like Coach Stig harps on, and he's been harping on for decades now. And it's a next-man-up mentality. Uh, what I like is we played to the strengths of the guys that we're in. Uh, we, we know what Cannon gives us. We kind of know some of the things that, that – uh, some of the things lacking maybe in his game. Obviously, he struggles with some accuracy. We noticed that as the game went on, we needed that element to continue to be able to try to keep the defense honest uh, in order to be able to, you know, a little bit of an intermediate passing game, maybe stretch them vertically. Um, but, you know, I like what he did, the poise that he showed. Coach Stig, hearing him on the recap. And I wondered it myself. It did kind of look like a designed uh, quarterback, uh, a designed power, designed run play down there. And he uh, he pulled it just being a heady kid and wanted to continue to just play football, right? Don't, don't allow the moment to be a lot bigger than it is. But you know what? That's so much easier said than done, let alone a kid who last spring was, you know, going to a high school prom, right? Yeah, right. So, you know, a nod to him. I loved listening to the postgame presser and hearing how he's, he's poised. He seems like a, a balanced personality for a young kid, pretty stable, you know, for, as far as – as much as I could glean from a, from a inter- couple interview questions. But Coach Stig said it, and, you know, there's excellent senior leadership on that team. Um, everything that they're playing for is still right in front of them, right? Like, uh, it's a, we'll take our nicks and, and we'll learn from them, we'll move on. And, you know, I know that's a lot of coach speak, and I know a lot of people, it's another chance at the Dakota marker, but injury is the great equalizer. And you and mm-hmm. I were talking it off, off uh, script here. Jabori's in that game, I firmly believe. We drop a significant amount of points on them, and uh, the margin of victory uh, is advantage Jackrabbits, I think. So, Yep. Yeah, and, and some of the things, even without Jabori in there, to keep, keep the defense really honest, uh, we're running powers up the middle, uh, kind of at will. You know, Pierre had a 6-3 average. Mikey on four carries uh, had a 9.8 average. Uh, just, it really... Oofta. Like I, we were really doing some damage, and if we could have been able to sustain some drives, uh, you know, through the air and 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 keeping the the Bison defense second guessing a little bit, uh, I really think you're right. We would have done some damage. Uh, Brendan and I previewed that, you know, when we gave our NDSU deep dive last week, and uh, NDSU just doesn't have the the bodies or the beef that they normally do at the defensive tackle position. They're just a little bit different build this year, and it seems like a little bit different uh, strategy from what they usually use on their defensive tackles. And so, you know, I don't know. I, I just think uh, running the ball, and if we had had a passing game just to keep them a little bit more honest, man, I, I, again, I just – I was really impressed with that facet of our game. It, what, what about you? What did you see on offense, Cal? Yeah, I mean, we were really getting some nice creases that Pierre's running style really is well-suited for. And, you know, I, I was challenging him. Obviously, I highly doubt he listens to this, but who knows? Maybe he does. He, I wanted to see him run through first contact a little bit better because he's so smooth. Uh, a lot of his, his runs last year were just wide-open gashers, right? Yeah. But 
lately, especially in the past few games, he's been really running through contact and, and being able to extend some runs that should maybe be three and four yards to maybe five and six yards and, and so on down the line. And being able to uh, do that when you were essentially fully one-dimensional, because I think maybe we completed a handful, three, four passes in, in the entire second half, or really since Jabori went out on that series, um, was remarkable because, you know, talking to Coach Rogers on Friday uh, as it relates to the Bison, I was like, you know, you guys going to try to make them one-dimensional? You're going to try to do that? And he was like, you know, well, what does that even really mean, you know, in the long run? And I'm like, yeah, true. There, he has a point. But what that means is exactly what happened to the Jacks, you know. Yeah. They, were, they were inept at getting the ball downfield through the air. And that's not all on the quarterbacks either, man. You got to – you have receivers who are open where the ball was enough in their vicinity for them to be yeah. able to haul it in a couple times, you know. Um, there's some sophomore slumps going on. I think at the tight end position, we had a, a crucial injury uh, to Hines. But it, again, it's got to be next man up. Got to rise to the occasion. And and you know there there's so few chances to convert when your number is called on. You got to make the most of them. And I think Matt, I think that's been the one separator from the Jacks and the Bison um, over the course of the years. Those small small windows, you know, and and and. Don't get me wrong, they get a ton of luck, too. Uh, you don't make the runs that they have without getting luck. So um, I think that, you know, I, there's a lot of positive to take out of this, too. You got our defense played a, an absolutely stellar game. I'm not too concerned with the fourth and one. Obviously, you want to see that stop made uh, late in the game that ended up sealing it. But um, we're selling out there. Yeah, uh, We're selling out there. Um it's likely at fourth and inches unless you get some good penetration and disrupt the play as it's getting going. You know, if you can't get a few inches like that, being a, an 8-0 and team in the Valley, I, I mean, I'd be shocked. But I, I kind of thought they might get it. I didn't think that they would they would bust it. But, um, but you know, you had Tetzlaff got washed down a little bit by the tight ends. Their tight ends are, are really consistent, man. They nod to them as a former tight end myself. I like the way they play. I can give respect where it's due, but but yeah, just I was really impressed. Obviously, Christian Rosenbaum yeah. um, got to meet him. He's he seems like a really solid young man. Everybody raves about him. He looks you in the eyes when you talk to mm -hmm. him, and he made plays that weren't even his responsibility uh, throughout that game. Excellent plays uh, in wide open wide open space. So, what, what was your take on the defense? Yeah, yeah. So Rosenbaum, I mean, he he saves so many yards uh, by, oh, yeah. by his speed and just sound tackling ability. I, I, I can picture a couple of the plays uh, that you're talking about where I'm guessing it was Ty Brooks was right on the edge. That end around. Yeah, yeah. And yep. Roseboom just, you know, cut his legs out. And, uh, you know, the the fourth and the fourth and inches uh, from watching it, <laughs> I, I called to the people next to me. I was like, they're going, they're going to go right side. They're going to run right behind Zach Johnson. Uh, you know, the All-American. Why wouldn't you run right behind him? Uh and and you're right. The tight end though is the one that made the play, uh, just by by crushing Tetzloff. Really so, it, it it's just it's one of those things that happens. Uh, and and I I think if they run that play, uh, ten times they probably convert it a, a majority of those times. Uh, but they probably don't break it off for a seventy-one yard touchdown again. You know, <laughs> so and that just and yeah. that just stinks. That that that's just how the play broke. Um, at this point, 
but overall, you're right. Our defense did a tremendous job outside of those two long runs from Ty Brooks and Cofield. Um, they just they did a great job bottling them up. I mean, Cofield outside of that had uh, six carries for 15 yards. He came in averaging uh, a ton more than that. His yards per carry average was insane. So up until that stinking play, we did a great job. <laughs> yeah, and we really made them one-dimensional as yeah. well. I mean, uh, Trey Lance is as good of an athlete as he is going into the game with 15 uh, touchdowns to zero interceptions and really, really struggling through the air against us. Now, there were a couple times where he was off and some guys were open and we need to get that shored up but diamond evans did a did a heck of a job i thought yeah let's talk about him diamond evans with some lockdown coverage i mean <laughs> talk about true freshmen rising to the occasion diamond evans keaton heidi you know i like i like what we've done man it's just it's real real testament to him you know don gardner did some excellent things uh, as far as uh run fits and just some things like that you know he seems to be playing pretty consistent uh as well so uh, that was really nice. What did you think about Diamond? Yeah, I mean, two pass breakups, uh, you know, in big plays. Uh, he was he was lined up all over the place and stuff, and uh, SDSU really um, didn't, you know, stick Don Gardner just on Christian Watson and Pierre on Phoenix uh, Sproles. Uh, so, you know, they, they really switched it up and just trusted those guys to, to man up whoever they were on or whatever side of the field. And, and so that was really neat. Uh, but man, Diamond Evans, uh, I don't know if he's going to end up with at the end of the year with the interception total to make, you know, the freshman All-American list. Uh, but I think he definitely deserves to with his play. And, you know, last year, um, Jordan Brown, people were kind of down on him a little bit because his numbers suffered. But pe- people just weren't throwing at him. And if Diamond keeps this up, he's never going to have any statistics <laughs> because people are not going to throw at him um, just because he's. He, he he makes plays on the ball, and he's he's going to be dangerous. He's still learning, so yeah, I love his metal too. Like the met, like that's obviously coach speak. I just love that word as it relates to guys, you know, intensity, savvy, you know, his fortitude. Because you know he makes that play. A true freshman, you'd think, okay, now get back to my spot, whatever. But he's he's high stepping on him and stomping the the turf and letting him know he's flexing on him. Yep, it's like. You know, it, there there's definitely a psychological edge and a psychological teeter-totter battle that happens back and forth throughout the course of a game. And and you saw it, like Cade was getting in their faces on the sideline, obviously not taunting, but letting them know, like, I'm a gamer and you're going to have to strap it up today. So I love seeing that. Makes me want to, it made me want to like step down onto the field, you know, obviously. But, um, and I was sitting with a bunch of the, the bad colors. So it's, it was, I don't know. It was, it was just wild to see because I, I don't, I firmly believe we were not out talented. We were not out schemed. We were not really even outplayed. It's just, you know, sometimes uh, you're, like I've said before on the pod, is your greatest ability is your availability. And uh, injury is the great equalizer in the game of football, um, you know, in, in other sports as well. So it's just the way it falls. But, you know, this is this could be a setup for something really special, uh, something special against Missouri State. And hopefully everybody realizes, you know, young, old, upperclassmen, underclassmen, this is your opportunity to make your stamp mm-hmm. on this program, on this year, uh, on, on your, on your uh, experience as a Jackrabbit uh, for this season. So 
it's really uh it's really an opportunity i I still believe everything's on on the table yeah yeah so so with that let's uh slam the cover to the ndsu game and flip open the the new book to missouri state and 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 talk about the bears a little bit so let's do it did uh had, had we started playing missouri state when you still played Oh yeah, never okay. lost. Okay, home. good. I remember I was on one of those trips to Missouri State, and uh, I remember uh, the general coming down with a game clinching interception. <laughs> yeah, and Coach Stig was like pulling his hair out, because probably shouting out <clears throat> "Holy nutmeg!" because general's like, you know, he's a gamer. He's thinking I'm scoring this bad boy, <laughs> and uh, and he really probably should have needed out, kind of like Jabori thought he might have. Should have taken a knee, uh, you know, against Youngstown State instead of housing it. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. We got the dub against them there. Actually had a really exciting battle with them. Zach Zenner's uh, redshirt freshman year. Um, I think it was an overtime game, multiple overtime game. And I think that was probably my favorite block. I pancaked a linebacker on, uh, I want to say it was 27, uh, 27 ISO. Ran him over. Zenner just sneaked right across the goal line and, and uh, advantage Jackrabbits. Cool, cool, cool. So I I like uh, I like Plasterfield. Um, I do too. And to, to to pause just a second, I have to preface this: there is zero atmosphere there because <laughs> the stands are empty. But it is a unique stadium. It's a pretty campus. Uh, yeah. But and it's a fast field. I am really excited to see our skill because we're always bragging about our skill. We have the best skill in the country, we think. I'm so excited to see CJ, Pierre, and Cade running on this turf because it is a fast field. I do remember that. Yeah. I'd like to see Campbell get involved too now with a little bit more of our, you know, wanting to utilize the skill set that we have that we know we've got right now. And obviously that should be getting the ball in the hands of the playmakers, Pierre. Uh, obviously, Cade, obviously trying to feed Mikey, uh, mixing up the change of pace, CJ. You know, now seeing probably our passing game uh, playbook, I don't know if it necessarily shrinks, um, but this, stylistically, Keaton's a little bit different player, maybe not taking tops off, stretching them deeply vertical like Jabore. I'm not sure his arm strength in comparison because we really haven't seen a whole lot of them. Um, yeah. But but I do agree with you 100%. It does play fast. The campus is beautiful. It looks like it was built maybe in a different heyday for Missouri State. But, uh, yeah, it was. it's an exciting place to play because it's wide open. And exciting also because the Jacks, no matter how many you have in attendance, are probably going to be on par with whoever's in attendance for Missouri State. So, agreed. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> just got to take care of business, uh, do what we got to do. And, and what I want to see this week is can't have procedural penalties – uh, when the game's on the line, can't have procedural penalties coming out of timeouts. Uh, want to shore that up. Want to make sure our offensive line play with better footwork. I saw that kind of deteriorate. And sometimes, you know, now when we're getting into the back half of Valley play, um, I don't really know what their their practice script is going to look like, but I would love to see at this time of year a little bit of a return to fundamentals because a lot of times you can you can kind of slow down the mayhem of, you know, just taking an L. Uh, from this past week and mm-hmm. kind of keep your keep your keep everything self-contained right like just a, a revisit to the to normal and, and what football is all about which are the fundamentals and executing so what do you what do you see us doing to execute against Missouri State on offense you know I'm 
percent sure that it's going to be Keaton Heidi that's lining up at quarterback for us. And uh, I, I really want to see, uh, I want to see us run the ball and I want to see us um, figure out what Keaton can do. Uh, we've seen some glimpses and some, uh, you know, last week obviously wasn't garbage time, but it was with a limited playbook. Uh, so I want to see what he can do with a week of install and a week taking a majority of the reps and uh, a, a week running with the first string wide receivers and getting that timing down with them. And again, it's only a week, so we're not going to, we're not going to see the, the full money. Um, but we are going to see uh, hopefully some growth from what we saw last week and what we saw earlier in the season. And uh, I'd really like to get CJ Wilson kind of going. Uh, I mentioned, I think, I think this field uh, gives him a good shot of that. Uh, but he's been, he's been somewhat bottled up this year. I think he had the one game uh, where he had a majority of the touches, um, but he's a nice compliment to Pierre uh, when he's, when he's hitting on all cylinders. And right now it just doesn't feel like he's quite there. So offensively, yeah, that's what I'd like to see. Exactly. There were a couple times against the Bison where there were some creases. And I think that, again, that's where it was more suited to Pierre's running style because he was able to maybe – uh, you know, kind of freeze him a little bit and then stick his foot and get vertical as opposed to where every time CJ touches the ball, it looks like he shot out of a cannon, which I absolutely love as well. So I do think that this field plays to his advantage nicely. I think that you mentioned it before. I would like to see Pierre get 15 to 20 touches at least. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'd like to see CJ get anywhere from uh, five to 10. And I think that that's going to be uh, a nice approach. Um, this defense does fly around a lot. Um, like you said before, previously, it doesn't look like they have a ton of depth. And uh, Egba, Egba is a, looks like a good, solid, stout athlete, good player, um, you know, for their defense, getting everybody uh, where they need to be and trying to set the tone for the Bears. But, yeah, I, I want to see also – I want to see an emergence more uh, – of the intermediate passing game as far as tight ends go. Slants are a really good uh, way to get your quarterback some rhythm, uh, as you noticed even with Cannon Nelson last week. And uh, a lot of the drops, I'm not sure if we touched on it, we're not just on the quarterback. So yep, yep. It will, it will be good to be able to see what he does with a full week, like you said, of practice under his belt. And uh, obviously, Cade is, is another weapon that we can't forget to utilize, like a Swiss Army knife, too. So uh, I think he's gone off on Missouri State in the past, too. I think he didn't he have a kickoff return touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think last year, yeah, he did have a really big year against Missouri State. You're right. Now that you, now that you say that. Back more of that from Cade. Uh, would like to see uh, our tight end settle in. You know, Cal Hart does a great job in the blocking game. Want to see him secure a bit more. Uh, through the passing game when his number is called, Blake Coons as well, and and just, uh, you know, help out your young quarterback there, build some confidence. Yep. The the Missouri State offense, uh, they have some playmakers. They have uh, a good quarterback, Peyton Huesley, who we've seen now. This will be our third year seeing him. And they have a, some really decent size at wide receiver and tight end. Um, that, that That's interesting. They only have 400 and some rushing yards a game, though. And so uh, if our defense can make them one-dimensional, uh, just so they have to throw the ball, I, I really like our chances there, especially with our, with our defensive line. Missouri State gave up five sacks last week to you and I, three, three sacks to 
the week before against NDSU. And I think our defensive lines are just as good, if not better, than theirs. So I, I really like our chances to create some havoc there. Yep, I would like to see anywhere from three-plus sacks uh, to five-plus sacks as well. That NDSU game was a bit underwhelming. It was kind of sloppy given the standard uh, set up there in North Dakota. But I do think that as far as the is concerned, we're going to be able to suffocate them. Uh, Huslig is, is a nice little imp- improviser back there, but can do when you got three, four guys, um, you know, coming down your throat there uh, up the middle. So I'd like to see the, the interior D linemen like Xavier Ward and uh, Hill Dahl and Sanders have done all year, dent that interior D line and, and uh, send the boys coming. I think Winkleman will probably have a pretty good game here as well. Yep. He did some nice things on Saturday. But, uh, you know, it'd be a great game, too, to see Quentin Hicks. Quentin was just like a half step off a couple times on Trey Lance. And uh, I, I just don't see that happening uh, against Missouri State. I think he'll, he'll get home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you brought Quentin up. Uh, just because he made a play on, on Saturday. And I haven't done the rewatch yet, so I still need to do that. But he, he came across his, his defensive end position again and made a play again on the other side of the line of scrimmage just because he was reading it um he was i forget if it was a screen or what but it it was a solo tackle and i think that's just his linebacker background of being able to diagnose what the offense is doing and just have the feel for it but man you as a true freshman that ability to read that and 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 control his pass rush is is so beyond his (laughs) years so yeah, having that football IQ from playing different positions is so helpful and beneficial, and it slows the game down, right, because you're able to diagnose in real time. And, yeah, just like you said, he, he seems to have a knack for that. And he has a high ceiling, right? So his effort is already setting, starting to set a high floor that's gotten him on the field as a true freshman. So it's going to be remarkable to be able to see his uh, progression as he as he ages. And, I yeah, look for him on third and long situations to just be a havoc back there. And, you know, we, we uh, continued our streak of interceptions. Yeah. Is that, I think it's at eight games now, every game this year. Yeah. Uh, with a pick. And I think it was, uh, was it Gardner? Nope. It was Levi Brown. Levi Brown. That's right. Correct. Levi Brown, who also made some nice, some really nice plays throughout the game uh, on Saturday as well. So it's nice to have him be able to spell Bacchus and, and uh, things of that nature when we're, when we're getting deeper into Valley play and, and have some matchups like we talked about throughout the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so Missouri State's thinking about them uh, traditionally has always has a, like an amazing returner. Um, they had Holloman a few years ago uh, and they had a guy before him that was, was just as good, but they do not have that person this year. Their return game is not good. Their kicking game is okay, but their punter, they may have one of the best punters in the conference. Um, so that could be interesting to watch, with especially with Yankee, how he likes to keep us on the edge of his our seats. Um, <laughs> you know, this guy has a 42-yard average on his punts, on 51 punts. Um, good hang time. Should be interesting to see. Uh, Missouri State came after you and I's punts really hard, and so that'll be something that we'll ha- our, our punt unit will have to be ready for. Um, they were really looking for the block against you and I, so... Uh, we'll see. We'll see uh, if if they see something on film against us that makes them want to rush Dinkle a little bit. 
Yeah, you know, I, I expect them to try to pull out all the stops. You know, what do they really have to lose at this point? It's one of those those games. Hopefully, throughout this week of preparation, we don't stoop to the level of our opposition. We we got to stay hungry, given the nature of what's on the table for us as well. So I, I'd like to see that. I'd, I'd like to watch that as it uh, unfolds. I think that Dinkle did another really solid job this past weekend as far as um, – putting the team in position to pin them deep. There are a couple times I'd like to see the guys uh, not hesitate in real time and continue to carry out their 111. Get, you know, when the ball is carrying past the 10 line, right? And it's going to, you're going to have an opportunity to pin the team deep. Don't hesitate, get to the goal line, right? Mm-hmm, and I saw mm-hmm. that a couple times on both sides. Uh, NDSU had an opportunity to do the same thing. Their guys kind of delayed or lagged or hesitated when they're trying to find the ball. So, Hopefully we can uh, continue to pin them deep because that's a real game changer. I think Ben LeCompte, I firmly believe this, and I think Brendan mentioned it on a different podcast, firmly believe he uh, helped them win a national title or two uh, with what he was able to do to flip the field. And that just shows, man, you got to play all phases. Dinkle's done a great job. Uh, Jackson did a great job catching punts, right, and getting out of bounds, getting up Mm -hmm. the field and getting what he could. So. You know, those are we, – we shored that up. Vinny, hit the operation looked really well uh, or looked looked really good on Saturday as far as cleaning up some of the things. I would have liked to have seen him, you know, hit that one, but I think he took a, a step forward given uh, kind of what the complexion looked like in previous games. Agreed. Yep. So what do you have for a prediction this week, Kyle? I think we could get a shutout this week, but just in terms of practical prediction uh, – given I don't know how much stress we'll be able to put on them from an offensive perspective, I'm going to go 28 to 10. Okay. Jackrabbits. I'll, I, I, I will call that shutout. It's going to be 35 to zero Jackrabbits in kind of a statement game that even without Jabori, we're still here. So I, I, I like, like it. it. So going down, going down there with bad intentions Hopefully set the tone early, you know, gas pedal, all gas, no brakes, as the kids are saying these days. Uh, And I want to see, you know, Cade plays with such energy. People feed off that energy. I used to love that about Jimmy. I used to love that about, you know, some of the other guys we had on the squad. Um, Some guys are just cool, calm, and collected, and that's all well and good too. But, But when you experience some adversity, you need that injection of life, right? And so I think that uh, if we can get on get on them early, they're not going to be able to adapt to our snow no, no. In, in enough time to be able to to battle back into the game. So I would love to see that top performer. I think I think Logan Backus is going to make some plays again. I think Rosa Boom is going to be consistent as usual, but I think you're going to see turn a lot of turnovers. Yeah. So uh, I'm this week. Uh, Crockett's going to be stirring the crock pot. I like a it. Sack and a half for him. So uh, a couple. What's he cooking up? What's the <laughs> What's the dish? Huge leg stew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, a couple things just outside of football we need to get to here. Well, I guess outside of the hash marks. Caleb Frankel, the Jacks. Uh, the Jacks got two preferred walk-on commits uh, in the last two days. Caleb Frankel, a uh, linebacker from Grand Island, Nebraska. Really a nice little playmaker there for him. Grand Island's a great program, a stout program down there in Nebraska. And this kid's one of their leaders, um, a tackling machine. Um, I'm really excited to get him get him in, on, on this team, on this group. 
Uh, I think he'll he'll work really nicely with the linebackers we brought in uh, that are freshmen currently, as well as the two twins from Roosevelt that we have coming in. Uh, shaping up to be a great group for Coach Rogers. So really excited about that addition. And then, where is he from again? What's yeah, Grand Island, Nebraska. So is that is that that would be another Nebraska? Oh, bag, it right? sure is. Yep. Okay, just that pipeline's still flowing. Yep. Yep. Coach Jackson does a tremendous job getting those guys in, and. Um, I'll touch on one other second or that on, I'll come back to that in a second. Uh, the second preferred walk-on commit this week is Gus Miller, offensive lineman from Brookings. It's Eddie Miller's little brother. He came in last night. So that's pretty cool. He, he was a state champ, uh, at the, what's the, what the weight class, uh, 220 in South Dakota last year. So he's a framey kid, six, four, probably 225 at this point. So he's going to have to put on some weight. Um, but we know the Miller work ethic. We know how his brother is panned out. And I don't mind these kids where, where you have to kind of build them up through the weight room for a couple of years. Uh, Aaron Johnson was that kid not too long ago. And so uh, we'll, see what, uh, we'll see what Coach Moe can do with Gus in, in getting him, his body built up to, to be an offensive lineman in the Missouri Valley. Yeah, well, it sounds like Coach Moe's still heavy on the powerlifting, likes the squats and stuff, I'm sure. Gus will benefit from that. And I do want to mention Eddie. Eddie took a step this past weekend, I think. I didn't get to really, really watch his tape with a fine-tooth comb. But just from from memory and also I did do a rewatch. So, uh, But his Indiana State tape, I thought he could have shown some improvement. And he definitely did week to week. So I'm proud of him for that. Um, Mikey, obviously, didn't get to touch on him playing with, uh, playing with passion and, and uh, some emotion and, and busting a big one really uh helping shift some of the momentum so getting getting another uh miller on the uh jackrabbit family that's nice yeah definitely not nothing wrong with that and then uh just to kind of the circle back and put a bow on this whole week um you mentioned the nebraska jacks connection there uh want to give a shout out to coach jackson he was on multiple radio stations in lincoln last week just you can tell how much he loves the guys that he brings in and he loves Nebraska. He loves his home state. Uh, and, and he always uses the word invests. We invest in these young men and you can tell that with the relationships he builds with these guys uh, from Nebraska and, and truly how much he cares about them. So uh, shout out to him. Cause I think he was on the radio one morning at six 30 uh, another day, he was at, did an interview at uh, five in the afternoon, just all over the place, um, making sure that the Nebraska kids and the and the Nebraska media knew what was happening up here on our campus, uh, especially when when the Cornhuskers are in such a kind of a poor year. And Matt, that's that's a phenomenal point, and I really want to highlight this too because I want to give a shout out to people uh, on the squad. Obviously, Coach Jackson. Uh, Jet, my dog, wants to shout out the squad as well, but um, he, uh, you know, I, I got to watch practice on Thursday, and after I was visiting with Jimmy, Coach Rogers, and uh, and, and Coach Jackson was walking through the, uh, the the equipment office as well, and they're talking about going from practice. They've done interviews all week, right? They've they've practiced all week. They're going from practice to kids' games in Sioux Falls. You know, Coach Rogers has a couple kids. Coach Jackson is is uh, newly married, I believe. You know, not too long yeah. ago. Uh, and you know, I, I know everybody's got a job in life and and has things to do. But these guys are getting pulled away from their families during season, even during out of season. 
the job really never stops for a college football coach, especially at the level that we're at. And I, I you know, hats off to them, man, because it's it's taxing. It's taxing. And then you got harsh winters in South Dakota to navigate. You know, it's not the easiest place to get into. And uh, is really remarkable, man, because the ethic that Coach Stig kind of installed and has been about over the course of the years has not left. And it's only gotten injected with better youth with Coach Jackson, Coach Rogers, Coach Arnheim, uh, Coach Berge doing what he's done. Uh, and just, you know, getting to to meet and rub elbows with all those guys. Uh, my favorite spot in Brookings, shout out to Cottonwood Bistro. It's, uh, it's a place with healthy, locally sourced food. Um, so I was super excited to get back there and enjoy their coffee and, and grub. And athlete after athlete comes through the doors and all the coaches are coming through there. And um, it was just really cool to get a chance to visit with them and see what they're about. Um, and it's just the same old, uh, same old business as usual. So I cool. want to give a nod to those guys for all the hard work they do. And, and that's a great point you bring up, Matt, about, about all the recruits they're able to, to snag out of Nebraska. Sure, sure. Well, great connection with you, Kyle. Again, another episode is in the books. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. So, again, as we always say, please share, please rate, please leave a review. Uh, anything like that helps us out. And thank you for all the positive feedback that you give us uh, and the negative feedback that you give us yeah. uh, when we when we run into each other or in, in messages or comments. So thank you. Kyle, any, any last words? Yeah, man, I, I just I want to say how proud I am of, of all my former teammates and guys I had never even met who played previously before uh, we all did at SDSU because it's so cool to see everybody's lives unfold and see them grow and and have families of their own and just uh, I really was overwhelmed with emotion on on the way back and, and you know I'm just I'm an excitable guy I have a lot of enthusiasm for people I love seeing them succeed and so that was really exciting the feedback of the folks from Brookings telling me that it's a, that game day was a bucket list thing and and I'm not from Brookings and they wanted they wanted me to remember that I'm not I'm an adopted Brookings guy so um, <laughs> but seeing their their emotion and and the fact that. I, the way they were giving feedback to me, I, first of all, I was shocked they're listening. Very appreciative of that. Second of all, I think they forget that we're not paid to do this. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> love the feedback that we did get. Um, and man, I'll, I'm going to keep rolling with this. It's fun, and, and I appreciate it, Matt. All right, thanks, Kyle. And uh, go Jacks, run rabbits. This has been the Splitting Hairs Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe as well as follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. This is what happens when you all come together and you, you set the standard for what can be done and you dream big. And... I need a little motivation to start feeling better. 